1: Today is October 21st, 2021, In our first story, the NIH has now admitted to funding gain-of-function research in a desperate bid to defend Fauci after he was accused of lying. It's now definitive Fauci lied, but they're, they're trying to play a game where they're like, oh, we, we did fund it, but we didn't know what it was. Rand Paul was right. In our next story... Dave Chappelle has said if Netflix pulls his special, he will do a 10 city tour screening the documentary and won't take this lying down. But protests have erupted and it's kind of creepy. And in our last story, shortages are getting worse and the media blames you, says you're buying too much when in reality, Biden's policies and major labor shortages, part of Biden's policies, are making the shortages happen in the first place. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Give us five stars and tell your friends about the show. It's the best way to help. Now, let's get into that first story. Dr. Fauci was asked by Dr. Senator Rand Paul if the NIH had funded gain of function research. That is to say, research that created chimeric viruses made them more deadly And Fauci repeatedly denied it. Rand Paul said, Dr. Fauci, are you aware that it is a crime to lie to Congress or something to that effect? And Fauci said, I have never lied to Congress. And quite frankly, Rand, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, now the NIH is coming out with a letter admitting that they did fund gain of function research. You know what this sounds like to me? Panic. You see, a report from The Intercept emerged. Showing that, yes, Dr. Fauci lied to Congress and Rand Paul said, see, told you so. Where's the breaking news from CNN or The New York Times? Apparently non-existent. They won't hold these people accountable. But yes, it is confirmed. Fauci lied to Congress. And you know what? He's going to get away with it. Cause I'll tell you my assessment of what we're seeing right now. In a letter that is going viral, the NIH says well, we were funding this research that was almost gain-of-function research, that is to say making these viruses more deadly, but we didn't think they'd actually become more deadly, so we didn't qualify it as gain-of-function research, and only now do we realize that it actually was, and the, the real fault is EcoHealth Alliance. See, the NIH gave money to EcoHealth Alliance, who then worked with Wuhan on gain of function research. And the NIH is like, oh, gee, we didn't realize because EcoHealth wasn't properly reporting. Now, this is a lie, mostly because we have leaked documents from The Intercept of all places. That's kind of funny. The Intercept is left leaning. And we also have the actual studies that were produced. Rand Paul held up the study to Fauci and says, it says right here you are making chimeric viruses. And, and Fauci's like, no, that's not gain of function research. I love it. I love it. Because basically what he did was, it'd be like saying something like, hi, do you install garage doors? And then the salesman says, we don't, we do not install garage doors. We simply install these large metal panel devices that block the entrance. And you can have a remote control that will make it lift up and move out of the way, providing an entrance to the building. You can also then close. And you're like. It sounds like a garage door. This is panic. Fauci and the NIH know they're caught, and what they're trying to do is say, "See, Fauci didn't realize it was actually gain-of-function research." This is defense mode. They're trying to deflect from the fact that the In- the intercept published documents proving that Fauci lied to Congress. It's amazing if you ever watch the video. Fauci's shaking. When he's being challenged, when he's being questioned, because he knows, at least in my opinion, that's what seems to be happening. Now we can see the ramifications from all of these lies and manipulations from people like Fauci. We're now hearing there's gonna be a flu vaccine mandate, the University of, I believe it's University of Denver. New York is now one-upping the COVID crisis, saying racism is actually now a public health crisis, and the incendi is just going to escalate until someone is held accountable. But who in government will do it? Well, the Republicans, I'm sorry, they probably won't. I mean, Rand Paul's a special case. But even with him challenging Fauci, and I do believe Rand actually was trying to refer Fauci for criminal uh, prosecution, no one's going to do anything. Even if the Republicans win, I highly doubt they'll ever do anything. Trump could have fired the guy and he didn't. Let's break down exactly what happened and take a look at what this letter says, what it means, and then I want to show you how the establishment left responds And answer some of those lovely questions. They try to keep you in the cult. They try to say, see, Tim's actually right-wing. Oh, I'm going to prove to you these people are lying, and they're lying bad. They're trying to manipulate you, your friends, your family. So before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you want to support my work. You will also be supporting all the journalists at TimCast.com. We have a decent amount. I think we have like eight or so so far, and we're going to be hiring more. You as a member help fund that. That's what we do with memberships. We hire people. We expand and you will also get access to members only content like shows from the Tim Castile podcast. We have exclusive, unfiltered, uncensored conversations. We have hundreds of them. So definitely become a member. But don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Share this video right now with your friends. Hit that like button. You know, I make a lot of videos where I break down the news and I try to frame it in such a way that you can help wake people up. But it's a difficult task because people don't want to believe it. They just want to accept that Fauci is king or that they're not wrong. It's a sunk cost fallacy, kind of. You know, I knew this dude. His parents were ph- oh, physicists. And they were saying that with modern unified theory or attempts at it, he was talking. I'm not a physicist, so, so correct me, physicist, in the comments. But he was saying, like, you know, people are really heavily invested in M-theory or string theory. And even though there's a lot of problems, it might not make sense. And the reason is they've dedicated their, 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 their lives 30 plus years to this. And now you're coming and telling them they were wrong the whole time. Nobody wants to give up their life work. Nobody wants to find out they will be a footnote to history as the guy who got it wrong. And that's how I feel about a lot of people who are wrapped up in these lies. They're like, I did not spend two years cheering for Fauci only to find out now that I was wrong. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to accept they were the bad guys the whole time. Here's the story from the National Review NIH admits to funding gain of function research in Wuhan, says EcoHealth violated reporting requirements. Now, the way this story is being framed and going around, they're saying that it's like proof Fauci lied. Well, no, the documents from The Intercept prove Fauci lied. This is their defense. Oh! 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 No! Oh no! We just now realized they were doing gain of function research just now, and that meant Fauci didn't know. So Fauci technically wasn't lying; is was just wrong. No, he lied. I'll state it again. Rand Paul held up the study that said chimeric viruses increasing infectivity on with with humans, and it's it's gain of function research. Here's the story: a top NIH official admitted in a Wednesday letter that U.S. taxpayers funded gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses in Wuhan and revealed that EcoHealth Alliance, the U.S. nonprofit that funneled NIH money to Wuhan, was not transparent about the work it was doing. In the letter to Rep. James Cormer, Lawrence A. Tabak of the NIH cites a limited experiment that was conducted to test if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. The laboratory mice infected with the modified bat virus became sicker than those infected with the unmodified bat virus. Hmm. So so hold on there a minute. You mean to say that they knew they were taking viruses, modifying them, and then infecting uh, life forms with them? So how is that not gain-of-function research? How can they argue it wasn't? Well, they're going to say... The revelation vindicates Republican Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Senator Rand Paul, who got into a heated exchange with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director Anthony Fauci during his May and July testimonials before Congress. Over the gain of function question, at the second hearing, Paul accused Fauci of misleading Congress by denying that the U.S. had funded gain of of function projects at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Gain of function research involves extracting viruses from animals and artificially engineering them in a laboratory to make them more transmissible or deadly to humans. In keeping with Fauci's refusal to use gain of function, Tabak avoids the term, though the work he described matches its commonplace definition precisely. A previously unpublished EcoHealth grant proposal filed with the NIAID obtained by The Intercept had already exposed that $599,000 of the total grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology was for research designed to make viruses more dangerous and or infectious. Dr. Richard Ebright, A biosafety expert and professor of chemistry and biology at Rutgers University had previously rebutted Fauci's claim that NIH, quote, has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as demonstrably false. Ebright told National Review that the NIH-financed work at the uh, the WIV epitomizes the definition of -of gain-of-function research, which deals with enhanced potential pandemic pathogen or those pathogens, quote, resulting from the enhancement of the transmissibility and or virulence of a pathogen. Where does it say, in his definition, human? It doesn't. That's the game they're playing. What the NIH is saying in this letter is like, no, 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 it's not gain-of-function because it wasn't targeting humans. It was just more infective towards ACE2 receptors that humans have, but it was for mice, so it's different. And then, you know, maybe it could have, no, it was gain-of-function research. In addition to his admission that gain of function research was being conducted with NIH money, Tebek also revealed that EcoHealth failed to comply with its reporting responsibilities under the grant. EcoHealth was required to submit a secondary review in the event of certain developments that might increase the danger associated with the research. So when Wuhan researchers successfully bound a natural bat coronavirus to human ACE2 receptor in mice, they were supposed to inform the NIH but didn't. EcoHealth now has five days, according to Tabak, to submit to NIH any, kind, any and all unpublished data relating to, to this awards project for uh, compliance purposes. You see what they're doing? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave My friends, nonprofits a shady industry. A for profit will create a nonprofit so that it can do things like this. The government can fund a nonprofit, the nonprofit breaks the law, and then Fauci's hands are clean. It's dirty. The remainder of the document attempts to prove that the naturally occurring bat coronaviruses used in the twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen NH grant experiments are decades removed from SARS COVID two evolutionarily, sharing only ninety six to ninety seven percent of the genome. Now, I know to a lot of people, they're going to hear that and think, whoa, 96 to 97, that's really high. That proves they're like, no, 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 no. That's actually pretty far away. I think it's like humans and chimps have like 99% or it's like 98% of the same DNA or something like that. So 96, 97 is is pretty far removed, but uh, um, that's besides the point. Rand Paul chiming in with, I told you so doesn't even begin to cover it here. He then goes on to address the letter directly, saying, HHS deputy admits Fauci's NIH funded gain of function research in Wuhan, but says it was an unexpected result. If the experiment combines unknown viruses and tests their ability to infect and damage humanized cells, of course, the result is unknown before the experiment. Bravo, good sir. You see how they're lying? They're doing the same thing again. We don't actually uh, repair doors in this facility. We just work on uh, strengthening and making objects that block entrances move better and lock better. And you're like, are you saying you fix doors? No, no, you're putting words in my mouth. What a stupid world to live in. What's the point of these laws if we have proof after proof after proof that Fauci lied to Congress? Oh, but St. Fauci can do no wrong, Rand Paul says. But it is not unexpected that the virus gains in function. It is simply unknown. So if this type of experiment created a virus that had a 50% mortality rate like MERS, which they have experimented with in Wuhan, that result would be unknown before the experiment, but not unexpected. As Dr. Esvelt of MIT has written, such research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. What do you think? The establishment left, the Democrats, the DSA, the progressives had to say about this. Do you think they care about the truth? No, they don't. So I love it when they're like, you know, Tim Pool is right wing or whatever. I wonder about what that really means. I mean, are my policy positions right wing? Not really. I guess technically the Second Amendment, but leftists are all about guns too. So uh, I have no idea. But what about the truth? The truth. What we're talking about here with 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 Dr. Fauci and Rand Paul has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats in uh, on the surface. It has to do with Dr. Fauci misleading people. But you see, the Democrats, the left, they love they love Dr. Fauci. That means if you criticize Dr. Fauci, you're on the right because only the right is willing to tell you the truth about what's happening. I bring you now to this post from Reddit R slash politics. I love r slash politics. It's basically the Donald, you know, the big Donald Trump forum, but for the left. And they love putting politics, semantic manipulation. This is not politics. This is pro-establishment. That's what it should be called. r slash pro-establishment. Three months ago, they posted this link. Anthony Fauci once again forced to basically call Rand Paul a sniveling moron. Do I do I put in the titles of this video, Rand Paul is a sniveling piece of garbage moron, a piece of human waste, a vile, disgusting person who lies to Congress? I didn't say anything like that. I just said he lied. He should be held accountable. These other news outlets are like, Fauci did not tell the truth. Here's one. Newsweek. Fauci was untruthful to Congress about Wuhan lab research. New documents appear to show. Appear? Yeah, we know it's a fact now. And the comments in this are hilarious. This is, this is... 39,542 points, meaning that much up upvoted, 75% upvoted. So you can figure out what 25% didn't want uh, this to go up. Fauci was not forced to do anything. Fauci was called out for being a liar, and he was. And the comments are amazing. Here's one. It's almost as if Fauci studied and came prepared and Rand didn't. It's too bad that senators aren't held to a standard that would sanction them for lying before Congress, for which asking questions in bad faith would seem to qualify. It's really incredible how how dumb these people are. What's so bizarre is that r slash conservative thinks Rand is the medical expert in the room, which explains so much. It really does, doesn't it? That the conservatives think Rand Paul's the expert, and he's now been proven right twice. What does it say about all of you? What does it say? Tranquil vitality on Reddit? What does that say about you? You were wrong. Did they publish? Are they posting the truth now? Are they going to post the articles proving it? No. Here's the article from Vanity Fair with a quote. They say, having apparently long since lost his patience with the troll from Kentucky, Fauci responded, Senator Paul, I have never lied before Congress and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you're referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. Senator Paul, you do not know what you're talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially you do not know what you are talking about. He says, I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. And you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of an individual. I totally resent that. If anybody, if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. We now know it was Dr. Fauci who was lying. Probably the whole time. The dude is a moron. It doesn't matter if you're dumb, you know. Shout out to Michael Malice, as we often do, when he said, how could anyone be blackpilled when you see how stupid these people are? And my response is, zombies are stupid too, but sometimes they overrun the city in the movies, right? The idea that you have a whole bunch of dumb people does not change the fact that a whole bunch of dumb people can do a whole lot of damage. And Dr. Fauci is not going to be held accountable, not going to be removed. And he is dumb as a box of rocks. He's a TV doctor. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and talk about any of the other TV doctors. I've even been critical to a certain degree of Brett Weinstein. You know, Brett Weinstein, Dark Horse podcast talked about alternative treatments, ivermectin. And I said, look, I'm not going to blindly believe an evolutionary biologist just because I don't believe Dr. Fauci. Granted, I definitely trust Brett Weinstein way more. I just don't really know. So I think that's, that's why I tell people you should not be going to TV doctors. Find someone that you know and trust. Find a doctor who knows the story. Find a doctor who said, I'm going to do the research and figure this out and be well-versed as a medical professional because apparently it is possible. Not every doctor is some dumb crackpot. You can find a good doctor and you just got to do it. And if you're like, but my doctor is not smart, well, then you got a bad doctor. Well, this is the story that we saw. In September, just over a month ago, a month and a half ago, Newsweek reported documents obtained by a FOIA lawsuit by The Intercept uh, show that the, uh, well, let me just read. They say Richard Bright, Board of Governors, Professor of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Rutgers University, Director of the Waxman Institute of Microbiology, told Newsweek the documents from The Intercept unequivocally show that NIH grants were used to fund controversial gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, something U.S. infectious disease expert Fauci has denied. If you're someone who is pro-Democrat, pro-Biden, all the way, and you've made it this far in the video, congratulations, you have my respect. Simply comment below and explain this. This is Newsweek. This is this is Yahoo News reporting. This is National Review. These are mainstream NewsGuard certified publications. This is the NIH publishing a letter. This is the, the, the NIH director or a deputy director, I believe. Let me let me let me let me get it 100% correct. Lawrence A. Tabak, DDS, Ph.D., principal deputy director saying they did this. Do you want to now retract your, your, your accusations and insults towards Rand Paul, who was correct? Please do so. Now, if you want to argue that Fauci just didn't know, then sure, he should resign. Because if the director, if, 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 if so, the person giving out the money doesn't know what's happening under, under his own nose, then he is a bad leader and should be held accountable. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, it's EcoHealth's fault. Yeah, yeah. And also Fauci's. Absolutely. More than one occasion, he was saying these things. Fauci, uh, you know, has said he denied it. He has not ever done gain of function. Ebright said the documents make it clear that assertions by NIH director Francis Collins and Fauci that the NIH did not support gain of function research were untruthful. So, yeah, we know what gain of function research is. Here's what I love about The Intercept. Even though The Intercept proved Fauci lied, they still ran this story July 27th, 2021 by fake news writer Robert Mackey. I wouldn't call him a journalist. I'd say he's a fiction writer. He, he dabbles in fiction writing because he, he's, he lies. Rand Paul's attack on Anthony Fauci chills scientific debate over gain of function research by politicizing the debate over virus modifying research. The senator has thrilled conservatives but discouraged scientists from weighing in. Talk about utter trash fake news. When The Intercept foiled the documents, most people were critics were saying they were trying to discredit Rand Paul and accidentally proved him right. Well, my respect to The Intercept for actually publishing those documents anyway. How about retracting all this other garbage? I didn't think so. I did not think so. Here's what's funny. Newsweek says scientists react as NIH head Francis Collins calls Wuhan Wuhan lab leak theories misinformation. This story is from, uh, wait, it's not from today, is it? I didn't think it was from today. I guess it is. Yep. A story from today. At the same time, this other story comes out. This is surprising. I thought it was yesterday. Dr. Francis Collins, one of the guys who lied, director of the NIH, has penned a statement refuting misinformation about the origins of COVID-19. The theories have gained traction this year, lab leak theories, particularly after international governments voiced concern about the World Health Organization's original investigation into the pandemic's origins, which deemed a lab leak scenario to be extremely unlikely. Blah, 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 blah. Critics such as COVID Research Group Drastic consider the documents to show risky research practices surrounding the development of coronavirus for study purposes. On Wednesday, Collins, who is due to leave his post as NIH director before the end of the year, released a statement addressing lab leak reports and theories. Unfortunately, in the absence of a definitive answer, misinformation and disinformation are filling the void, which does more harm than good, he wrote. Am I supposed to just go back, just go ahead and listen to the guy who's uh, lying, who lied? He's a liar. They're lying. We had the dude from Rutgers said so this guy lied. Why should I believe a word out of his mouth? So here's how it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll. They're coming out now saying we didn't realize it was happening. It was an accident and EcoHealth Alliance didn't report it. I wonder if Peter Daschek of EcoHealth will just sit back and be the patsy for these people who are facing serious jail time for lying to Congress. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe Daschek is going to be like, you're not throwing me under the bus. And then he'll come out and be like, we explicitly told them what this was. Maybe that's how everything comes crashing down. I don't know for sure. I'm not convinced anything will happen because we are seeing just unaccountability across the board. And as much as we complain about it, as much as we highlight it, little is done. I give you New York City. Mayor de Blasio announces COVID-19 vaccine mandate for all city workers. All. That means police. And now there is concern that they're going to lose half their uh, NYPD. The mayor has no idea what he's doing. We're going to lose half of our cops and half of our fire department if this goes through. And then what? The official said. A bunch of officials were coming out being critical of Bill de Blasio trying to burn the city to the ground. But uh, fat load of good, that'll do, right? That's the point. We can point out Fauci lied. Is he going to get arrested? No. Come on. I'll tell you, t- maybe he does get arrested. But if someone said you got a $100 you know, casino chip and you can put it down on Fauci getting arrested and Fauci not getting arrested, I'd be like, I will bet on him not being arrested. Like, why would, why would they go after him? He's the highest paid government employee. He is a, a disgusting man who has a portrait of himself in his own office. What a weirdo. To be fair, someone drew a picture of me and it's downstairs and the staff put it on the wall. I'm not a big fan of it, but I don't have a picture of myself in my own office. That's weird. He's a weird guy. From this lack of accountability across the board, things are just getting worse. Take a look at this story. Uh, This is part of the same story. Rav Aurora says, brace yourself for 1990s era violence in New York City if the NYPD loses half of its force. That people... That people with power and influence are actually celebrating this is pathologically insane. Lucky for them, they live in affluent neighborhoods and can afford private security. I, I, I remember when the riots were in L.A. It was so funny. There was some guy and he was like, yes, Black Lives Matter. Woo, burn it down. And then he tweeted, oh, no, they're coming to Beverly Hills. Don't come to my house. What are you doing? Oh, no, they're starting fires. It's amazing, isn't it? Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? It's like Elysium, you know, that movie where all the rich people live in space. All of these wealthy people get to stand back and say, I don't have to worry about it. That's why I think we're heading down a dark path. Because, uh, look at this story. Timcast.com, University of Denver introduces flu vaccine mandate. Medical researchers have suggested influenza outbreaks could soar when COVID-19 restrictions are lifted. Here we go. You thought it was just going to be COVID-19? No, 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 no. With no accountability. With no one standing up and no one saying no, more will just happen like this. The university introduced rigid regulations to manage COVID-19. We understand that. Quote, if history tells us anything, we expect it's very likely to be a very aggressive flu season. Uh, So it's part of our overall plan to protect our community, the health and well-being of our community. Because of the similarities between COVID and flu symptoms, Lafar said the new vaccination requirement is a necessary precaution. The school will offer vaccine clinics for the rest of the semester. From people living in the residence halls to close proximity of the classrooms, it puts it at greater risk than other environments. So we need as many safety mechanisms along the way to protect, and we've got a vaccine. You thought it would end with just the the, the COVID vaccine? Why does the COVID vax card have two extra slots? Boosters, and now this. And the app apparently in New York, I think has ten slots. What comes next? Well, I can actually show you. Over the New York Times, we have this story. Racism is declared a public health crisis in New York City. The Board of Health passed a resolution directing the health department to work toward a racially just recovery from the coronavirus pandemic. What does that even mean? Well, my friends, you now live in a woke theocracy. And that's it. Do you think a saint like Fauci would ever be held accountable? No, the cathedral would never. He is a a dutiful and loyal subject, proselytizing the woke theocracy. Not completely. He's not going around talking about trans issues or racism or anything like that. But he's certainly lying, giving power to corrupt politicians to enforce policies like this. Welcome to the authoritarianism. The ideology is taking over. The cult is gaining more ground. And what's to be done? You know, I talked quite a bit about Dave Chappelle, and I'm not convinced that um, he's going to find his way out of this one. My view of the future is that while we as adults and uh, individuals today may hold back the tides of the woke theocracy, getting small victories, it's all being grandfathered in. University of Denver, you got to get a flu vaccine now. And what's going to happen? Older people who don't have to abide by it aren't going to fight against it because they're going to be like, I don't go to college anymore. What do I care? doesn't affect me. Many people are going to sit back after cheering for Fauci, now hearing that he's lying. They just choose not to believe it. I don't care. I don't, Fauci's on my team, so I want him to win. Screw you. Got to own the cons, I guess. It is conservative to point out that the media is lying. That's the reality of today. With Dave Chappelle, his comedy special. Oh, they'll eventually say, okay, fine, Dave, do your thing. But Dave's going to retire. And they won't, there won't be another Dave Chappelle. Because people who make similar jokes will be canceled before they even get off the ground. So that's the direction we're heading in. New York Times reports, The resolution called on the department to work with other agencies to root out systemic racism within policies, plans, and budgets on a wide range of matters that affect health, including land use, transportation, and education. It also directed the department to improve data collection practices and examine both the health code and its own history of structural bias. Dr. Dave A. Chokshi, the department's commissioner, is also one of the 11 medical experts who sits on its board. At the meeting on Monday, he noted that the board was founded amid epidemics of yellow fever, cholera, and smallpox in the early 1800s. Advances in sanitation and understanding the links between environmental factors and health helped curb those diseases. He drew a parallel to the current pandemic and its outsized toll on communities of color. Why do some non-white populations develop severe disease and die from COVID-19 at higher rates than whites? Underlying health conditions undoubtedly play a role. But why are there higher rates of hypertension, diabetes, and obesity in communities of color? The answer does not lie in biology. Structural and environmental factors such as disinvestment, discrimination, and disinformation underlie a greater burden of these diseases in communities of color. The COVID-19 pandemic must render unacceptable that which has been condoned for generations. It's a lie. It's manipulation. It's just a way to prey upon the delicate sensibilities of these moderates so that they can gain more and more power all it is. There's two words in vaccine mandate, and mandate is the only one that matters. I think vaccines are reasonable, amazing, and I think that they do their job. They're not always perfect, but I, don't, I, I think, as I've mentioned many times, they use the vaccines because it is reasonable. Because you would say, okay, I guess I'll, I'll get the vaccine. What's the big deal? We've had many of our guests who have been vaccinated with no, no issues. The mandate when you want to convince someone to do something egregious, you can't just tell them to do it. The, the examples I give, these are called reasonable boundaries. And I'll, I'll try to make this one quick. You meet a person. And on a, there's, there's a scale from zero, negative 100, and 100. They're at zero. Negative 100 is hitting a person. And 100 is hugging a person. Now, getting someone who's a stranger to hug someone actually is relatively easy. Not, not guaranteed. Someone may say, I'm not touching that other person. I don't know who they are. Getting them to hit someone is, is not that easy because people are very much averse to that due to much serious negative consequences. So if you want someone to take a negative action, how do you do it? Well, you have to move their reasonable boundaries. So you don't walk up to someone and say, go hug that man right now. They'll be like, what? Get away from me. You can't walk up to them and say, go hit that person right now. They'll be like, get away from me. But what if you went up to them and said, hey, that guy was just complimenting you. saying really nice things about you. That's really cool. Do you know him? Then they're going to be like, ooh, that's a move you can do that moves someone towards the positive direction. Or you can say, hey, that guy was just smack talking you, He's insulting you, making fun of your girlfriend. That moves them towards the negative side. Only then can you readjust their reasonable boundaries and get them closer and closer to what you want to do. I mean, it's a simple idea, right? To get someone to do something crazy or egregious, you have to incrementally move them in that direction. They won't just one day wake up and do it. I mean, unless they're crazy or want to in the first place. That's why mandate's the real word. The government wants you to mandate a lot, wants to mandate a lot of things. But if they said we're going to mandate you can't drink Coke, people would be like, screw you, and they'd revolt. In France, when they said we're going to increase, we're going to put a tax on petrol because we want to curb climate change, they rioted for almost two years. So what do they do? Increments. So they'll say this. Everybody's got to get a vaccine. And most people go, well, vaccines are reasonable, so I guess that's fine. Now they're saying flu vaccine. Now people are going to be like, well, I... I guess we're already doing the COVID thing. That makes sense, I guess. Then they're going to say, download the passport app. Well, I already have the vaccine. So I guess I'll get the update. It's called real estate in the app development world. When they get that app on your phone, they can then make that app do anything through updates. Mandate is the most important thing here. Don't fall victim to it. Stand up for your rights. Stand up for individual liberty and hold Fauci accountable. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Yesterday, a deranged leftist mob attacked a man holding a sign saying, we like Dave. This was the culmination of the mass walkout at Netflix, where 1,000 employees were going to storm out in support of the trans community over their horrifyingly transphobic special with Dave Chappelle. Now, it wasn't really transphobic. In fact, in the special, Dave tells a story about a trans woman friend of his and says their jokes basically grow up. But Dave does cave and say he's not going to do jokes about this anymore. He's not going to be doing this special, you know, for for, uh, maybe sometime in the future. And it really does seem like watching this special, The Closer, after Sticks and Stones, they tried to go after him a little bit, but it's hard because he's the king. He's on top. Dave Chappelle's the greatest comedian alive. That's a fact. He's number one. Everybody knows it, and so they struggled, but they did get to him. Dave then ends up doing a special where, I mean, look, the closer was funny, but it was so much more of him addressing the controversy than doing stand-up. In Sticks and Stones, he's talking, you know, his shotgun bits, funny, birdshot, buckshot, oh no, he's like, I'll pepper him up a little bit, the First Amendment, All, all, all these things are funny jokes. He does I can I can I'll give you another one. When he does the Asian stereotype, which is supposed to be offensive comedy, I, I get it. He talks about things in that special that we can recall, that we think back and say that was a funny joke. The the, the birdshot, buckshot, birdshot, buckshot, buckshot joke was hilarious, and people quote it all the time. In the closer has there been anything people are quoting other than what a sad story? I gotta be honest, I, I don't think so. So I, I, I enjoyed it because Dave Chappelle's a funny guy. But these activists, they come out and they end up attacking a dude. He's got a sign, we like Dave. They rip it, throw it on the ground, stomp on it. Then, when he's left with nothing but a stick, they scream that he's got a weapon. A woman gets in his face, shaking a tambourine, screaming, repent. I'm not kidding. These people are insane, screaming, repent. If you want, to, if you want to have an actual argument about speech and violence and stuff, I'll roll my eyes, but I'll have a debate over this stuff, okay? But what, what we saw at Netflix is the, the the true form the 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 mask coming off. These people don't believe legitimate things. They have people who are more articulate and sophists who are able to manipulate dumb people. But for the most part, this is it. Now Dave Chappelle is striking back. He says. That if Netflix pulls his special, he will do a 10-city tour. We got a lot to break down here because, boy, this so funny. Vocal Distance, he's a, a, a Twitter uh, user. We had him on the show, Tim Kest And he mentioned his Netflix scoring system. And he says, you take the audience score, subtract the critic score, and you get the real score. And that's actually a good point. And, I'll, and, and we'll get into that. But first, let's read the story from Variety. As Netflix employees walk out over Dave Chappelle, fans voice undying support for sold out at sold out London gig. This is where I think we actually have something a bit more important. Dave Chappelle is planning a 10 city U.S. tour of his controversial Netflix special, The Closer, in the unlikely event the streamer pulls the show, according to fans who attended a sold out London gig on Wednesday evening. According to multiple attendees, Chappelle indicated that he would visit 10 cities across the U.S. to screen the show. Chappelle's rep did not immediately respond to Variety's request for comment. They go on to say that controversies around The Closer snowballed since its release. Netflix employees and artists accusing Chappelle of transphobia and homophobia regarding comments and jokes made during the special. However, at the exact same moment that a group of Netflix employees staged a protest in LA on Wednesday over the streamer's decision to stand by Chappelle's special, across the pond, thousands of fans, and supporters streamed into London's eventim Apollo Theater to see the man himself. On the sixth and penultimate night of his week-long UK tour, the 3,500 capacity venue was completely sold out, with most attendees paying $100 to $300 per ticket. Wow. That is a good chunk of money. And as you can see, Dave Spell's top man. He is, he is on top. So these people think they're going to shut him down. But I got to be honest, I would not be surprised if they do, in some form, succeed. It's like I said, man, watching the closer, it feels like he was deeply impacted by what happened with Sticks and Stones. I don't know how he's going to react to this. I mean, it's defiance, you know, when he stands up and he says that uh, I'll do a big 10 city tour. But let's take a look at what actually happened on the ground, because I want to show you how, how deranged and psychotic these people are. I used to do uh, campaign fundraising for nonprofits. I had done fundraising on behalf of the human rights campaign on more than one occasion. That's right. Yeah, they, they, they got asked for a comment and they were like, he's never worked for us because these, 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 these nonprofits, man, are they uh, dirty. They play dirty games. Here's how it works. A nonprofit Will hire a for-profit to do its fundraising, and then they can claim that these fundraisers never actually worked for them. So, yeah, that's the name of the game. Sometimes, like a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit will hire a 501c4 political political you know group to do its fundraising. So, it's 501c4s aren't tax-deductible. It's 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 a dirty game. But I'll tell you this: I've gone out to many protests. This is a whole new level of deranged. And it's interesting because around the time that I started to get away from all of this stuff is when we started to see the rise of the psy- psychopathy, the sociopathy, whatever it is infecting these people and making them deranged. Like the videos of, uh, you, know, the, you know that meme of the woman and her like veins are popping. Out, she's like Arr! like these people are, are, are insane. And I'm not saying that to, to uh, jab at them, to insult them. I'm saying it in the literal sense. These people are not sane. Okay, again, not an insult. I'm saying... There is a defect in their minds that requires some assistance. And I am saying this with respect to the individuals who require treatment. I'm not talking about trans people. That's an entirely different subject. I'm talking about woke leftist mobs that are going around shaking tambourines, screaming, repent. Something is wrong with these people. Listen, what I I, I can tell you about religion and growing up uh, a Catholic and having my criticisms of organized religion and all of that. There is still a, a, a logical basis or an attempt at a faith based basis in a lot of what we see with organized religion. And then you have crazies going around in the streets screaming and shaking tambourines, screaming, Repent. It's not indica- indicative of the greater religion. How do I know? Because I've actually been in churches, because I actually grew up a Catholic and, and went there. And so I have criticisms of the organization. Most people were regular people. They grow up, they believe things, they read things, they have a trust, and they have faith. What we see here, and I'll tell you this, having worked at these companies, is absolutely different. You have people who don't believe it, but just pretend and keep their head down. And then you have people who do are true believers, and they're insane. There are zealots and cultists across the board. There are lunatics in every, every space. But what I am telling you right now is that these woke people screaming are overwhelmingly just disturbed people. Variety says Netflix employee walkout grows tense as trans rights protesters clash with Dave Chappelle supporters, which is just absolutely unfair framing. What it actually was, apparently it was two guys from Dick Masterson's podcast. It was, I believe it was Dick Masterson. As, as I am told on the Tim Castell's podcast, I'm, I wasn't, I saw the clip. I didn't know if it was actually him and some other guy. I think his name is Vito. I'm not entirely sure. Um, they don't have photos or anything of it. But these are these are two people. They're not a big anti anything like not the Yeah, the clash was them attacking a guy. So it's like if you have a mob of people and they attack a guy, we don't say there's a clash between protesters and counter protesters. We say protesters attack a guy. Here's the funny part. These people, some of them do work at Netflix and many of them didn't. It it, it wasn't even a thousand. And I think we should expect that, right? The, the big news was that there was going to be a thousand people. It's like a hundred, I guess. And many of them were not even Netflix employees. The question, I suppose, is will this actually get Dave Chappelle to, to back down? And the answer is, in my opinion, overwhelmingly, yes. No, no, no. Hold on there a minute. I know Dave Chappelle said, I'll do a tour. Right, right, right. Well, hold on. Just, just let's, let's talk about this. We're learning about uh, Southwest Airlines and the Freedom Flu. And trust me, it's related uh, or they, this this makes sense when they say that uh, everybody's got to get vaccinated at Southwest and then people protest. They then say that, OK, well, if you're applying for an exemption, religious or otherwise, then we're going to put you on unpaid leave. Well, because of the protests, Southwest backs down and they say, OK, OK, fine, fine. If if you are pending an exemption, we won't put you on unpaid leave. However, new employees must be vaccinated. You see how that works right now? The Southwest employees might be going, yay, we did it. Our protest worked. 10, 15 years, every employee will be under the vaccine mandate, every single one. So let's talk about how this relates to Dave Chappelle. Right now, Dave may be saying, I will stand defiant. But Netflix is probably now saying, what is our upside here? The protests got worse. A guy got attacked. Do we really need this? I'd say the answer is no. Squid Game. Massive. Great show, by the way. And the person who made it, the guy, I guess, was saying that it was uh, um, like an ode to capitalism. I think that's funny because Squid Game is actually one of the most overtly anti-communist bits of propaganda I've ever seen. But uh, they're claiming it's about capitalism, which just literally makes no sense. And well, it's, it's like I think the issue is Communism typically refers to uh, this type of like full centralized state authority, whereas capitalism is typically decentralized. So anyway, I digress. These leftists are like, corporatism is capitalism. And you're like, no, it isn't. It's corruption and corporatism. But communism is something specific. So anyway, I digress. Netflix has shows like Squid Game. No controversy there. In fact, they even got to placate the left a little bit. So why do another special with someone like Dave Chappelle? If it's going to cost you $25 million. It's going to result in protests, physical attacks, negative press. People probably are going to be like, I don't want it. And then I'll tell you this. We talked about this on Timcast IRL. And I was saying, I think we need to support Netflix over this, over, you know, we should, we should sign up because of Dave Chappelle. You know, we want them to say, to know that if you do good things, like the Dave Chappelle special, we will support you. Doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And the reason is they still have the show Big Mouth. They still have the show Cuties. Now, the funny thing about Cuties and Big Mouth, Cuties actually filmed prebubescent girls in explicit positions. It's like a nightmarishly disgusting piece of content. And for that reason, I understand why people will not be supporting Netflix even with Dave Chappelle. It's like, Dave Chappelle's great and all, but you think I'm going to fund that? Good point. We also have the show Big Mouth. Do you ever ever see Big Mouth? How did this one get past conservatives' radars? Because it's a kids' show, I guess. Big Mouth is a show about seventh graders engaging in adult activities. That's literally the premise of the show. And it's four seasons of it. Uh, I get it. It's a cartoon and adults voice the characters. I just happen to find it completely disgusting. Dude, I'm sorry, man. You're not going to be able to come to me and these leftists are like, (laughs) you're so mad. I'm like, I mean, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to buy, you know, a show like this, a bunch of adults voicing seventh graders engaging in these activities or whatever. I'm not going to pay for it. But yeah, it is kind of gross, man. Now, Cuties is where they cross the line because they actually have real children in these positions. And yeah, that's just it's messed up stuff. So I don't think Netflix is going to get a net gain out of this. So to, 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 to bring it all together, why would they do more of this? What's the upside? Moderates, conservatives, uh, people of you know, moral fiber are not going to support Netflix, even if they hire Dave Chappelle. And the leftists will absolutely walk over Dave Chappelle. So let's just, let's just think about it. They say, look, we've got shows like Cuties and Netflix, and leftists love it. Conservatives complained about Cuties, and there was some controversy. But Big Mouth is fine. Dave Chappelle, however, is not going to convince conservatives or moderates to sign back up for Netflix because of the bridges we've already burned. But leftists will leave. Bingo
0: Play for free at
1: LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't do Dave Chappelle again. You see how that works. Let me show you some, 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 some funny stuff here. Let me see if this is the... Here we go. This Twitter user, Ari's Digbeck, great name by the way, says, always wondered why Rotten Tomatoes gave such a critical score to Dave Chappelle but seemed to be so lenient on others. What could it be? be racism, considering they boost these two white comedians. Oh, look at that! Well, I pull up this tweet not to discuss any kind of faux racism or anything like that, but to show you the Netflix score and how it works. Is you take the audience score, subtract the critic score, and get your real score. And this was uh, presented to me by Wocal Distance, a, a, a critic, a critic of wokeism. And so here you have Hannah Gadsby, Nanette. 26 audience score, 100% tomato meter. Oh, every single critic thought it was great. But let's take a look at uh, uh, this one right here. Amy Schumer, the leather special. Even among the critics, 50%. Audience score, 4%. So negative 46. All right, makes sense. And then we can jump over to Dave Chappelle's The Closer. You see, now the audience score is 96 and the tomato meter is 43. You subtract that well, you actually have a positive score. I like, I like that system. I also, I also love this. You ever see this? I, I love talking about Death Wish when, uh, when this came out. 18% tomato meter, 71% audience score. The New York media is just so detached from reality, the media in general. And so you have a movie like Death Wish. This is just another example. It's not The Last Jedi. It's not a prominent example of of this phenomenon. But I think it's a good example because Death Wish wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. It was a fun popcorn flick, a revenge film, Bruce Willis. And he's like, I'm going to get the guys who hurt my family. And then he goes and he buys a bunch of guns. And boy, did the woke media not like it. So who are they talking to? Here's what I don't understand. Some people have said the reason that critics give good reviews to bad movies is because they want access and they want to, you know, they want these these companies to advertise on their network. Okay. Um, so why why rag on a movie like Death Wish? Don't they want to make money from these studios as well? It's almost like the actual drive is ideological. They're trying to hurt content that, they doesn't, that doesn't fit their ideological worldview and help content that does. So you end up with Hannah Gadsby, Nanette, with a 100%, an audience score of 26%, over 1,000 ratings from the audience. And it's funny, I was reading it, and like some of the reviews are like people saying, I tried, I watched this, it's just not good. Some, some people were saying, there's no jokes here at all. Hannah Gadsby spins her own life story into a clever raging and confronting spiel against misogyny, homophobia, and even the tired old tropes of comedy itself. When Gadsby wretches out her plan on stage, she reveals her strength, rage, and yes, winning humor. I don't know anything about this comedy special. I didn't see it. But I will say when they come out and say Dave Chappelle's not funny, and he is, and they say this individual is funny, but the audience is like, she's not. I'm going to go ahead and side with the audience on this one. So, uh Yeah. I don't know uh, how we, we navigate a- around something like this. The, the people who came out to this protest were completely deranged. They're screaming, like I said, the, the, the shaking of the tambourine and all that stuff. But I do not believe even Dave Chappelle is resilient enough to deal with this. Like I said, you know, he's, he's, he's saying he's going to be standing up and pushing back, that he will, he will do a 10-city tour. All that means to me is it's the last time. What will end up happening with Chappelle and all other specials is the companies are going to say, why bother? Look, Big Bang Theory made money. Why bother getting involved? And so if there's not going to be any content that promotes the values of freedom and and individuality and liberty, then how do do, do these ideas survive? Well, that's what we're working on over at TimCast.com. Our goal is to start building culture. When you guys sign up as members... We are going to use that to make content. We start with a vlog. Vlog was really easy. We just film what's going on here at the house, and there's skating, there's motorcycles, there's, you know, we're building out Chicken City. And then we have Tales from the Inverted World, which is just like a paranormal true crime, you know, it, it, the name, it really does explain what it is. We've got some cool ghost stories and UFO stories coming up real soon. And uh, the goal is to just have our values be translated in the content we produce and the ideas we present. Netflix ain't going to do it. Disney ain't going to do it. They're all just going to keep caving to the woke mob because it's presumably the safe bet. Why? My favorite analogy. We'll use, uh, we'll use Dave Rubin as the example because Dave is such a uh, good, like, I don't know, middle of the road guy kind of, I'd say. Does anyone fear Dave Rubin leading a group of classical liberals to Twitter HQ with pitchforks and crowbars screaming, you know, cancel uh, the far left? No, it's never going to happen. But does anyone fear Antifa showing up and these crackpot lunatics showing up and beating people and destroying property? Oh, they do. And so long as law enforcement won't do anything about it, then what do you think is going to happen? These companies will continue to placate the left. They'll continue to ignore moderates and the right. And in 20 years, your children will grow up in a society, in a culture that is all based on psychotic cult leftism. What do you get from that? Without anyone willing to stand up to it, eventually you will get some form of communism. Maybe it's state capitalism like China, where it's actually like a communist party that just controls everything but allows some, you know, uh, capitalistic enterprise in a certain sense. They have their pinky and everything. It's probably what you'll get. You'll get some kind of slow revolution. Then all of a sudden you will be living under the boot of the state and... I'll tell you, man, I don't think people realize what it's going to be like to live under uh, under these boots. I don't think people uh, get it. What it's going to be like is going to be (sighs) one day someone comes to your house, knocks on the door and it's the woke police. And they tell you that you you said a naughty word or probably not even that your your uh, credit app will be disconnected, discontinued or blocked or banned due to naughty words. You said and was overheard by the Amazon machines And then you will be able to buy food. Won't be able to get a cab. It's like uh, that Black Mirror episode with the social credit system where the woman just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So, yeah. Well, I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It almost doesn't feel real. Going to the store and seeing these signs everywhere, begging people to work, to see a shortage of goods. But that's the reality. And I will start this segment talking about the food shortages and how the media blames you and wants you to lower your expectations by saying it can happen here. Whatever it is you think can't happen here, can happen here. And much of it is literally happening right now. It's fascinating when we see the January 6th committee move to have Steve Bannon held in contempt, to be criminally prosecuted. I don't think anything's really going to happen from that, but it is happening right now. We had tens of thousands of National Guards surrounding the Capitol with giant fences. Not only can it happen, my friends, it's happening. Here's some photos. I saw these photos from a couple different people talking about the creepiness that is the, the shortages, uh, and particularly in one instance, how they try to cover it up. And it just, it almost doesn't feel real until you go to one of these stores yourself and you see a lot of stuff is missing. A lot of stuff ain't there. For me, I mentioned this before. It was cream and it was bacon. Beef prices were through the roof. Can't get brisket at the local uh, barbecue anymore. It's happening. And the media is saying, let me just show you this right, right off the bat. America isn't running out of everything just because of a supply chain crisis. America is running out of everything because Americans are buying so much stuff. Oh, the reason the stores don't have cream and didn't for two months was because everybody bought it all. It's a lie. This is what really triggers me. Because I went to the store and I asked them like, hey, how come no cream? And they said, we can't get it. I was like, what? It was like a month where they couldn't get it. We we did go to another store. We found a different brand. Not as big of a fan. Now we just go to the local farms. I think this is the future y'all need to realize. When people like Jack Posobiec say, get out of the cities, don't take, don't, don't take my word for it. Don't take his for it. Just sit back and see what happens. Because there's not going to be enough truckers. Getting resources into these cities is going to be tough. But well, that's their claim. That's their claim. It's, it's Americans' fault for buying so much. Okay. Here's Press Herald. Food shortages are the next supply chain crunch. Yeah. Food. But don't people consume food on a regular basis? You don't don't expect me to believe that people are buying up food, which like half of it is perishable and like half isn't, I guess. I don't know the exact proportion of perishable to non-perishable is, but a lot of food is perishable. Fruits, produce, meats, all that stuff. You got to use it right away. The most annoying thing in the world to me, I want to eat strawberries. Okay, we get strawberries covered in mold. You get them, they're good for like one day. It's quite annoying. So what are people stocking up on? That there's a shortage of cream; it doesn't last that long, or meats doesn't last that long. Take a look at these photos. This is Mary Claire and Salem, uh, Am Salem. Probably pronouncing your, your name wrong. Apologies. My local Target can't even get me a Diet Coke. Look at these photos. I mean, first this looks like the supply. The, the shortage here is in chairs, furniture, or whatever was supposed to be in this giant empty rack. Here are more just. Empty, empty wrecks. These don't look like food aisles. This looks like this a variety of goods you aren't going to be able to get. Here you can see these shelves are just absolutely barren. There's like uh, baby supplies. And then there's the empty Coke. Can't even get yourself a Coke. Woof. That's a very important metric. Now here's where it gets really funny. Ash Short is uh, of Real Daily Wire. Says our Safeway appears to be trying to hide the supply shortage by using single lines of products to fill shelves leading to this. When I first saw the tweet and pass it, I was like, they're probably just facing. OK, facing is when someone takes the product from the back of the shelf and pulls it forward because the actually, supermarkets actually have teams that do this because people will look down the aisle, and not see it, what they're looking for, and then walk away. So they want everything to be up front. And then I realized, wait a minute, it's all... French it's, it's all French fried onions You so it's just all French fried onions they took a single product and they put it all over the shelf to cover up the fact the shelf is completely empty but I love the joke someone said they were like at least you can get your French fried onions and apple juice meal that you're so used to hey maybe y'all should consider lowering your expectations have you thought about that maybe it's your fault all of this is happening I mean, it's not like, you you know, look, well, actually, let's be real. A lot of people voted for this. And so to them, I'll say, yeah, kind of is your fault. I can't blame you, you know, for for being misled. And Joe Biden is doing a piss poor job of all of this. There's a worker shortage, trucker shortage. It's it's not just Biden's Democrat policy. You got to understand how this everything affects everything else. When Joe Biden shuts down Keystone, when Joe Biden bans fracking on certain land, then all of a sudden you have a, a, an expectation that there will, be o- there will be oil shortages in the future. Prices will go up because of it. So speculators get in driving the price up early. The price increase results in people requiring more money for work and they can't. So they quit and then cascade failure. It's not just that one issue from Biden. It's many, many issues. But I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but I am doing uh, just right now, um, a lot of people know about this. This is safeandreadymeals.com. This is a paid promotional spot, but I do believe in this, this product. Uh, I, I, I did a promo for them like a week or so ago or a week and a half ago. But man, I genuinely hope you guys are paying attention and are taking care of yourselves. We've done a couple of videos on the Cast Castle vlog where it's like prepping for the apocalypse. And it's like half ingest, but not really. Like we're thinking to ourselves, what do we need that we're not going to be able to get you think it's you think I'm kidding. Look, I don't know if the apocalypse is going to happen. I don't know if there will be no recovery. Maybe we rebound from this. We, we tend to be resilient. But I'm thinking to myself, you look at these photos from Mary Claire and it's like you utensils and appliances are not there at the stores anymore. And so I'm thinking, what might we need that we are not considering right now? And so we're talking like we should go out and buy this stuff. We definitely need to, especially when it comes to expanding the business and wanting to do work. We're like, we need these things. We need them now. Safeandreadymeals.com is emergency food supplies. They've got listed here three-month emergency food supply, and they've got a four-week emergency food supply. I have a ton of these. I have a ton of them. No, seriously, like 50. And uh, each bucket is, I believe each bucket is two weeks, or it could could be each bucket could be a month. I'm not, it might be a month. But check it out and look into it. I'm pretty sure each bucket says four-week food supply. But actually, no, that's two buckets. So I think it is two weeks. Okay, whatever. Anyway, the point is, we've got like 30 employees here. I want to make sure that we're able to keep operating. I don't think I need this for the apocalypse, and I live out in the middle of nowhere. But last year, it's, it's, we're going on two years now that this stuff has been going down. That The shortages are getting worse. The media is covering for Joe Biden. And we've got, what, three more years of this? three more. And that's assuming that Kamala Harris doesn't win. I mean, a lot of people think Trump is going to win in 2024, but what if it's Kamala Harris? Check out safeandreadymeals.com if you want to have this stuff, and I'll put it this way. If you get one shipment of like four week emergency food, you put it in your closet. They say it lasts up to tw- it lasts up to 25 years so you can forget about it. That's why That's why I got a bunch of this stuff. I got a bunch of other stuff too. It's crazy. We got a lot of stuff. I don't think it's, I think if you have the ability to do it, you should do it. Otherwise, I'd recommend, you know, my, my personal opinion As I'll, I'll put this. I don't want to I don't want to recommend anything. I wouldn't be anywhere near a city with everything going down. They're getting crazier. They're getting more mandates are being put into effect. I got I got all these stories popping up about crime skyrocketing. Police forces threatening to walk away over vaccine mandates. It's just getting worse. So here's what I say. You know, last year when I was like, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Sometimes it rains. Right, We had a flood in, in Texas. Weren't, people weren't able to go out and buy stuff. Well, this stuff is really easy to make. You mix water with it. You heat it up. It's good to go. So if you get it, it sits around. And uh, assuming we're all crazy people and everything's going to be fine, you just eat it. It tastes pretty good, actually. It's like Hamburger Helper. It's, like, I actually think it's really good. And the worst possible scenario, everything does fall apart. I'll tell you this, my advice, never touch it. Everybody knows when it comes to survival or, or, you know, prepping for disaster, you use your emergency food supply only if you absolutely have to. So you try and source your meals from wherever you can. And then as soon as you're like, okay, that's it. We couldn't get any today. You crack open some of this and start eating it as an emergency. But like I said, you can put in the closet and you basically forget about it. And I literally do have done. Go to my Instagram and you can see we have tons of these buckets. I don't know if the apocalypse will happen or we'll need them. But I'm certainly getting them. When you have stories like that, I want to show you this story first from PressHerald.com. Food shortages are the next supply chain crunch. There's plenty of food, but transportation delays are rising. There's a lot to consider here. So I will say this one more time, safeandreadymeals.com. When you buy from them, it does help support our business. And we, it is a paid promotional spot, full disclosure. I rarely, if ever, read anything like these. I do it when I think it matters. There's a bunch of stuff they want me to promote. That's crazy. I won't do it. But I I genuinely do believe it is a a good thing for you to have. But check this out. There's plenty of food, but transportation delays are rising. Okay. Well, canned goods, I think, will be okay, right? If it's going to last you a few years and the trucks can't deploy, well, then we'll sit around and eventually those cans will make it to your store. What about milk? What about dairy products in general? What about meat? What about produce? What happens when a shipment of strawberries is laying in that big old bucket and they're like, we've got a week to get this out? And they're like, sorry, truck's backed up. Well, it's going to spoil. And then it does. So here's what I think you need to be considered uh, concerned about. You might be able to get emergency food. OK, right now there's August and Farms. They do also they also do emergency food. They announced they're not even taking orders on their website anymore because they're overloaded. I don't know what'll happen. I want to say that. I want to make sure that's absolutely clear. But I do think that freeze dried stuff you'll be able to get because they can get the strawberries, they can freeze dry it, and then it's going to last twenty years. And they can put it in a bucket and be like, okay, ship it out when you can ship it out. But your fresh fresh foods, the most important stuff you can eat, your fresh meats. If you're in a city, man, you're you're. I I I think you're less. You're not going to get it. You know, we're out here with all these farms around us, so we can go to the farm and be like, you got some fresh cuts a tenderloin or something like that? And they'll be like, you got it. We go to the stores and they're like, supplies couldn't make it in. Press Herald says, in Denver, public school children are facing shortages of milk. In Chicago, a local market is running short of canned goods and boxed items. But there's plenty of food. There just isn't always enough processing and transportation capacity to meet rising demand. I love how they say it's, it's, it's the rising demand is the reason. Hold on. Were people not eating Did people not eat during the pandemic? People ate all the time. So this doesn't make sense. They say more than a year and a half after the pandemic upended daily life, the supply of basic goods at grocery stores and restaurants is once again falling victim to intermittent shortage and delays. And that's basically the point made by Business Insider Americans are running out of everything because Americans are buying so much stuff. This is the most insane thing. It's just, I love the insane propaganda. There are photos of trucks unable to move. Americans would be buying more stuff if they could, but they can't. Yo, we go out and try and buy stuff all the time, okay? We need supplies. I remember we we needed computers for new staff, and it was like we go on these websites. Sorry, unavailable, 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 unavailable. It took us three months to get our computer made for the new studio. We were waiting on chip shortages, and it's not gotten better. And so they say, well, Americans are buying too much stuff. Okay, I just don't know what to say to that. We know that there's the ports are backed up. We know that the ports in L.A. are backed up. Ron DeSantis is now saying that they could open up the ports in Florida to help alleviate the crisis. Excellent idea. Look forward to it. So how are you going to come out and say, yeah, all of your goods that normally come in, they can't. The truckers who normally drive them, they aren't. They're not available. Um, But the real reason there's no stuff is because you bought it all. It's insane how they spit in our faces and they lie to us. They absolutely lie. Back at Press Herald, they say, quote, I never imagined that we'd be here in October 2021 talking about supply chain problems, but it's a reality, said Vivek Sankaran, chief executive officer of Albertson's uh, COS, companies, Co's who echoed the laments of other retailers. Any given day, you're going to have something missing in our stores, and it's across categories. In Denver, broken parts at the milk supplier's plant affected shipments of half-pint cartons on top of disruptions at one time or another in cereal, tortillas, and juice. We've been struggling with supply chain issues with different items since school started, said Teresa Hafner, the executive director at Denver uh, Food Services for Denver Public Schools. It just continues to pop up. It's like playing whack-a-mole. In Chicago, Dill Pickle Food Co-op ran out of certain dry goods because two main distributors haven't been sending orders in full in recent weeks. Early in the pandemic, panic buying was the cause of many of the out-of-stock situations that grocers experienced. Although the food industry was able to somewhat rebound, the sustained nature of the pandemic combined with the slow pace of vaccination globally and the recent surge caused by the Delta variant have resurfaced the problem. please. You see how they're trying to do everything in their power to make it seem like the problem isn't policy? If you've watched the TimCast IRL podcast, you may have noticed something up on the wall behind me. I have a different guitar. I have purchased a Harmony Silhouette, one of the best guitars I've ever ever played. I am just absolutely in awe of the sound, of the feel. Brilliant guitar. No, that's not a paid promo. Why did I buy it? Okay, well, we're going to be putting on events. As you know, I play music. We record songs, and we also do original music for our shows, believe it or not. We have in-house music production because it is better, it is cheaper, and we can do a lot more. So that means we don't have to worry about copyright, and in the long run, it's just going to be all around more cost-effective. But that means we have to make an initial investment in building that studio and buying equipment. So I went to, I went to a, a music shop, and I said, we want to pick up some guitars. I didn't get this guitar specifically from this one small music shop, but I decided to buy a couple and some amps, and I said, we just want to get what we can now because we know we need it, and I don't want to put it off. We've got an event this Saturday. We're going to be using some of the equipment, and we're going to be sh- setting up live stream music shows and comedy and things like that at the castle. So I'm like, let's, let's get the stuff now instead of waiting, right? And then, you know, it just helps us get it done faster. I was told by the proprietor of the establishment that if you were to order a guitar right now to be built, it's 15 months. Wait, 15 months. And he said, in fact, he thinks it's longer because they're not even making the guitars now. So the stock you see, he's like, this is the stuff that they have that's already been shipped. But we don't know when we're going to be getting more in. And so I, I was just like, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order what I can and what we need. And I'm not going to sit around and just cross my fingers and hope it'll be available when we need it. But I don't know what that means to everybody else, because I'll tell you this, as if my business could continue operating if people don't have food. Right. We rely on memberships at Timcast.com, ad revenue. We we rely on you guys buying things like safe and ready meals. And that helps fund all of this. But I fully expect that when 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 it hits the fan, people are gonna be like, sorry, bro, we love what you do, but we've got to, we've got to put money into food and, and things like that. With hyperinflation, I I absolutely expect us to get to get hit by that. So I'm trying to make sure we can hedge our bets and, and set up a business in a way that we can persist. And I think, to be honest, I definitely think we're at that point where we'll be able to keep operating for a very long time. It's fantastic. And it's, a, it's all thanks to you guys, especially the people who go to TimCast.com become members. It is all thanks to you. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know ultimately what we do in the event of a serious supply chain breakdown that becomes something more permanent. What you need to understand is that they kept saying inflation wasn't going to happen. Inflation won't happen from the mass spending. Then when it started to happen, they said, well, yes, of course, but this is just due to the massive demand. It, 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 it will go down. And then we hear it's just transitory, right? That's what it means. It's just transitory. It will eventually go away. It's just this massive demand and lower supply. Then they said inflation is here to stay. Now they are quite literally saying inflation is good. You want inflation. Clowns. They started putting out these articles where they're like, inflation is good. It means you'll make more money. If, if it costs you an hour of your labor for a loaf of bread, and then the inflation causes everything to go up in price, it'll still take you an hour to buy the loaf of bread. But you have more money and the food costs more.
0: 18 plus.
1: I wonder why I could only assume that what we're seeing is the media trying to just soften the blow. So when they say that inflation is transitory and now they're saying it's a good thing, then they say food shortages are coming. Then they say, well, it, you know, it's just because there's too much, too much demand. Then they say, well, maybe you should lower your expectations. Then they're going to come out and say, it's a good thing. There's less food. Countdown until they start saying the shortages are a good thing. Americans are unhealthy and eat too much. That's not completely untrue. Americans are unhealthy. They do eat too much. But not everybody is somebody eating too much. And there are a lot of people who need food. Everybody needs food. Some people need it less than others. That's true. But we are getting to that point where they're going to say the food shortages are here to stay. The supply chain disruption is here to stay. It will not be alleviated. People aren't taking these trucking jobs. The policies are restricting it. You know, I feel like what they did, what the Biden administration did was effectively throw caltrops on the ground. That way they're like, we're trying to get people to, to, you know, run, but for some reason it's just not working. And then people are like, well, there's caltrops on the ground. And Biden's like, don't look at me. When you when you're far enough away, you can't see, you know, couch up is they're like little metal spikes. You throw them on the ground and no matter how they land, they land with spike up, make it it's a weapon so that people can't chase after you, right? Throw them on the ground. So from far away, you see a marathon race and people are walking really slow and you're like, why aren't they running fast enough? And then Joe Biden comes out and says, something's wrong with the runners. So we're going to go ahead and announce that you're now allowed to run 24 seven. And the marathon runners are still not running and they're still walking very carefully and what they're not telling you is that before the race, Biden threw the cow chops on the ground with his policies like ending Keystone, with the mass spending of money with the Democrats. And don't forget, Trump's involved in that as well. But for now, it's, it's, it's on Joe Biden as he's the president. Trump absolutely deserves a portion of the blame. But, but up until COVID, things were going well. Now, well into COVID, things have been getting worse we had a period where people were saying things were getting back to normal and they were getting better. And then we see the Biden Biden's leadership has just been catastrophic. Oh, I'll give you an example. Vaccine mandates. We're already seeing Delta Southwest disruptions. When people can't fly, they can't work. When they can't work, stuff doesn't get made. Why couldn't they fly? Southwest was, was dealing with people calling in sick, not an organized sick out. But yes, a lot of people were protesting vaccine mandates. The CEO came out and said, Joe Biden made us do it. So it all trails back. The responsibility lies with the leadership and then ultimately with the people who are willing to vote for this stuff. So here's what, here's what you can do. Keep following the news. Keep paying attention. Make sure you're going to other sources. Look, the the, the supply chain shortages seem to be intermittent right now. I don't know what's going to happen. But if you want to get away from cities, if you want to start homesteading and taking care of yourself, being more individually responsible, you have my tremendous respect. I think that's what people should be doing. And I think you should would be smart to have some emergency food that you can store away and just forget about safeandreadymeals.com. The purpose of this uh, segment was not just to promote it, but I got to tell you when look, I'll I'll just I'll be straight up. You know, when I saw this uh, um, this tweet from uh, Mary Claire, I'm just like, man, it really does feel like it's 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 close to home. You know, it's starting to I'm we're I'm in the D.C. area. These are people who live in the D.C. area, I'm pretty sure. And it's, it's starting to affect us. Where we are in this studio is about one hour from Washington, D.C. Okay, so when I, when I, tell, I, I told some, like some journalists, I was like, I'm in the D.C. area. A bunch of leftists were like, no, he's not. He's an hour away. It's like, okay, we, our airport is the same airport is, is, is Dulles and Reagan. But mo- I think pretty, for the most part, we use Dulles. I could be wrong. But we, we, we drive for about 15 minutes, and we're in the D.C. metro, like literally. So when I see people posting this stuff, empty shelves, I'm like, man. The Washington Post. Don't rant about short-staffed stores and supply chain woes. Try to lower expectations. I don't completely disagree with them. I mean, it's funny the story exists. It's basically saying give up. But a lot of people are mad at the Washington Post. Let me just stress, you should lower your expectations. Do you have high expectations for Joe Biden? Lower them. Maybe that's what they should have said. I'll put it that way. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash
0: TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry?
1: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Oh,